welcome everybody. We are uh, got a, a special episode for you today. It's uh, one that didn't fit into the map. You know, being a startup and sort of working our way through this stuff, we've created a bunch of content that uh, we thought went a specific place, but then uh, we we came up with the, the content uh, table of contents map that you see, and and this one kind of ended up on the outside. And it's such a good episode. Keith and I spent a lot of time talking about can you actually lose the race and what it means to lose or to to, to lose out on what's what's happening. So it's it's worth a listen. Uh, we're going to call this Canteen Number One. Can you lose the race? And um, we we'll hope you really enjoy it. Thanks a lot, guys. Welcome in to the Race to the Kingdom. Um, I'm still not sure whether we call this a, a podcast or a video cast or I don't know. We, we kind of just internally call it a podcast, even though there's going to be video along with it. So welcome into the uh, Race it's to the Kingdom podcast. podcast. It's a it's a it's a it's a video podcast, a video cast <laughs> video that cast. you can listen to the podcast on. So um, this is uh, episode three of the video cast and. Um, we're titling this one out uh, can you lose the race and uh kind of trying to catch your little tension a little bit there um so in the previous episodes uh we talked about uh the the, the overall race itself we laid out the dispensations and and the track if you will uh that that we've been on for 2,500 years, something like that, um, you know, uh, and actually longer than that, but, you know, within the, the recorded history of the Bible, I think the recorded history of the Bible goes back like 500 years before Jesus, right? Um, and then centuries before that when, when God created the earth. And, you know, we were, we were, and then in episode two, we, we, we talked about the the race itself and the the what to the reasons to to run the race, uh, what God was looking at for us not to be lukewarm, uh, to be spit out of His mouth, and so today we're going to talk about, you know, is there something to lose if we don't run the race, and so Keith, this all just as a, part, a little bit of review, this all started when we were kicked out of Eden, right? We earned our way out. Uh, God gave us something, gave Adam and Eve something uh, that was, you know, here is the world, walk with me in it, uh, talk with me in it, have a, you know, rule the world, rule the beasts, rule the trees, uh, and also, you know, do it side by side with me, right? And they were tempted, they were, they were cast out and you've got an, you've taught me something that really interesting that I want to share with everybody about the idea of being cast out, being separated. And as we read through the Bible, those types of things, those, those two scenarios or those two positions being also really the really tied into the word death and the word, you know, what death means throughout the Bible for the most part. Right. Just so share with that to our, our viewers or listeners, this idea that death is not like corporeal death, not like, you know, hey, you're in your grave type death in most places in the Bible. It's it, obviously there are places in there where dead means dead. Uh, but really, for the most part, what does dead mean, death mean in the Bible? Well, it, it's probably interesting to look at the first use of it, which was in the garden. And so the idea that uh, getting kicked out is what actually started the race. The race for what? For its restoration. So the idea that this race um, has been going on for a long time. <laughs> uh, Christ was the promised um, Savior to deliver us finally into the res restoration of all things which is what we are now racing in Christ to receive the promised fulfillment of all that we lost. And so death 
was a promise by God when you disobeyed him. And so he said, hey, listen, I, I, I gave you life. This is, I, I'm going to let you eat from my tree of life. It's in the midst of the garden. And I'm giving you all the life of the garden and the only um, death that I'm, I'm telling you to stay away from is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because you mm -hmm. will surely die if mm -hmm. you eat of it and so oh this, yeah i mean you know, there's been times that we've been through this i forgot about that right that that's the the if you die if you eat of it you will die yeah. i have forgotten about that that just that simple phrase right and because when they ate they didn't die they didn't. I mean, they didn't go in the grave, yeah. right? They did, they weren't poisoned, and ended up, you know, dead and in the grave and buried. And hence, there's no people because we all came from Adam and Eve. But <laughs> so yeah. So they. But he said they will die because they were going to lose something. Well, again, the the they. They weren't stricken by lightning and went back to the dust right away. Right. So that right. wasn't the type of death that that God meant. Um, ultimately, although the fall caused us to go back to the earth eventually. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because what really happened is that we got cut off from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Because we got cut off from the tree of life, that's what caused our our eventual physical death. So, but this idea of being cut off, death means to be cut off. Death means to, you know, um, to be separated. So if we are separated, what are we separated from? Well, we were separated from fellowship with God intimately in the garden. We were separated from the tree of life in the midst of the garden. We were separated from the actual garden. <laughs> And so there were some um, amazing, you know, benefits that we lost. And so those benefits are what we're talking about, mm -hmm. that we can gain back in, in Christ. And so as we race in him and follow him as our forerunner in the groundwork that he has already accomplished for us, we can now achieve all the promises of restoration that was lost, okay? Or we can continue being cut off from them. And this is the whole race analogy, that you can be disqualified, you can be cut off. These things that are warnings to the, to the body of Christ, to the children of God, are significant warnings mm -hmm. in achieving the uh, desired restoration of intimacy of tree of life of land of being able to have privileges that that he gave us to rule and to reign in the garden so all of these things are at stake they're actually called inheritance now and it truly yeah. is levels of glorification that have been promised to us conditionally. And the evaluation is going to be the Bema Seed of Christ who gets to evaluate our lives and decide what we receive, whether good or bad, the Bible says. So, I, I mean, it, is it fair to, to simplify this by saying that you know, basically, he gave us a chance not to screw up. You know, basically, you know, there's one thing you can't do. Just don't do that. We were tempted. We screwed up. And God has spent the rest of time trying to restore us back to that original position. Is that, is that a fair statement? So he's trying to restore us to enter Eden, right? Yeah. I mean, and whatever keep... God tries to do, He does. Yeah. And and so this this was obviously a, a, a long range plan. Yeah, but obviously we, I mean, 
God tries to do it, but you know, he also, along with that, gave us free will, which is what got us in this position in the beginning, was free yes. will. And so yes. each time God has tried, whether you go and look at, you know, Noah, you know, each of the ages, right? Each of the ages is defined almost by another attempt at at getting us back into into the Eden position, right? Um, with Jesus being the ultimate effort to do so, right? Um, I, I, is that, I mean, is that, because that, to, to me, at least to my head, um, that's a key way of looking at this, that, you know, that, that God is truly wanting us to come back home if Eden is home, right? And, and he keeps giving us an opportunity each each generation, each age, you know, he's trying to figure out, and that's, I know that's not, that's, that doesn't work well, because he it, should already know, but. It actually does segue nicely into the baseball analogy of mm -hmm. coming home. Okay. So. Interesting. So, Throw this one at me. I haven't heard this one. <laughs> well, again, you can use like sports analogies mm -hmm. as, as, as the New Testament used the race mm -hmm. as an analogy to help motivate us to achieve the goal that has been set before us. And so the baseball analogy is obviously a, a, a sport with the desire of coming home being the ultimate okay. desire. Okay. So this is, this is, you have an enemy mm -hmm. who is trying to keep us and prevent us from coming home, mm -hmm. okay, and yet you're the one up at bat. You're the one who has to participate huh. and has to apply the the effort and the instruments that God has given you in order yeah. to run the bases and yeah. to get home. And Interesting. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and 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 what I like about it is is that if your brother's out on the base, you're trying to get help him get home too. Absolutely. Right? That's interesting. Yes. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. All right. Mm -hmm. So that make that's not on our outline, but uh, that's going to come up later in the show. I, I, I I'm sure. So um, so if if coming home, if 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 dropping back in on home plate is our is is really God's ultimate goal for us, right? Um, you know, He gave us. Jesus as the as the cleanup hitter, uh, then you know as you know. All right, he, he traded for. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but let's get, we'll we'll see if this goes. So right, he he you know he gave us Abraham, Abraham, he gave us Joshua, he gave us David, he gave us you know a bunch of great players that were helping us, right? But all had some hole in their game, right? So yep. ultimately, he gave us. Christ, uh, who had no hole in his game, and with Christ he gave us then, you know, whether it's uh, how do they start the overtime games? Sometimes they start them with a, a runner on second base, if you will. Um, you know the the extra inning games that go. I don't. There's a rule in somewhere in baseball, and I should know because I used to play it. But but yeah, there's a version of of overtime. Oh, it's overtime in little league, right? You know, they, you start with a player on second base at the beginning of the inning, trying to trying to get a game to end, right? Right. So, right. does it? So, so Jesus got us to start on second base, or maybe even third base, right? He was brought in that you know we were starting off with a significant advantage, and that and part of that advantage was also the Holy Spirit. I'm still seeing this kind of work. Hopefully, our listeners are as well. You know, you yeah, guys, me, or or they've turned or they've turned off already. I go, these guys are out of their mind. <laughs> well, let me let me let me interject something. Uh, yeah. In this, in yeah. This before I go down a rabbit hole, I can't get out of. Please. Yeah, it's really really important to um, to our listeners because they're going to come up with this whole work salvation thing. You know, we've yeah. got to. We've got to run the bases. We've got to get home. We're trying to achieve salvation. And, and we've got to clean this up. We've got to mm -hmm. clean this up in our understanding. Because mm -hmm. um, I would say that most people in the church today, 
would look at Jesus as our pinch hitter. Okay, mm -hmm. he would that that he's our substitute. He's coming in to bat for us. Mm -hmm. He he already hit the home run, okay, mm -hmm. or hit the grand slam, mm -hmm. and and we were on the bases trying to make it, okay, but we couldn't. Mm -hmm. So he hit the grand slam, and now we just get to come in. Just get to run okay. the bases and come on in, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so is this correct? Okay. And and the answer that we're that we're proposing to you, which makes sense to all the scriptures, is yes and no. Because what he <laughs> achieved for us mm -hmm. is justification, salvation. Yeah. So the idea of making us right with God through his blood that was shed on the cross and him having to give up his life as a substitute for ours so that we could have right relationship with God, a ransom, if you will, so that we could now be the children of God and be invited back into his family in adoption. Absolutely 100%. He hit the home run for us. Mm -hmm. He did the work. That is a finished ball game. That yeah. ball game's over. A and new ball game has started. Okay, okay so just to just and that and so just so we're clear. Yeah. So what you just described I think Chuck Bisler calls it salvation justification, right? Uh -huh. So that's justification. That's the past tense of salvation. That's happened. It's done. You're getting into, in one way or another, you're getting into the kingdom because Jesus, you're getting home because Jesus did what Jesus did, right? Because Jesus died for us and justified us through to get into the kingdom. Right. Well, again, the the conditional promises to the church about inheritance right. and inheriting the kingdom is a very important topic, even right. in the entrance of hmm. the kingdom. Okay. So, so again, salvation doesn't necessarily equate to entrance into the kingdom. What it does equate to is the fact that you are now a child of God. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. What type of child you will become is what we're going to, to talk, um, about. talk about right. in our race. So this, is it fair to say then you're, that with, with what Jesus did by dying on the cross for us, that he got us on the team. Yep. That's right? right? Yeah, whether that's or not right. you're actually, you know, we're going to go through kind of, you know, what that being on the team means, but we're at least on the team, right? And then, okay. And then, yeah. so, sanctification, uh, salvation, sanctification, that's the race that we're doing right now. That's that's the that's the present tense, the ongoing mm. uh, effort, right? Yeah, that is the same word, soterios, in the Greek, for salvation. It actually means deliverance, to be delivered from a place of danger or a lower place to a place of safety or mm -hmm. a higher place. And so what we are now in is a race of sanctification to go higher. It's called maturing in Christ. It's called it's called this race of holiness that he has placed us into to finish our race of becoming conformed to the image of our Savior, of our Lord. And so, you know, now he has, he was the forerunner who conformed himself to the will of his Father. Mm -hmm. And now we are also now racing to conform ourselves to the image of of him so that his goal is that we may be found in him just as he is in his father and so his last prayer was that we would all be one in him and right. so we will see that this this though is full of warnings it's full of challenges it's full of pitfalls of sidelining us benching us and even being cut from the team that would enter the kingdom. 
not mm. cut from the family, but cut from the team that would enter the kingdom. And so this is going to be a very important understanding as we develop what it means to race for glorification. We are racing for future salvation because it's mm -hmm. actually called salvation in the Bible. It's in the future tense. It's what may be lost. It what It's what may be gained. And so this is um, the motivation that keeps us going. It keeps us motivated to finish strong. And, and what we're talking about right here, this, this idea, this concept, is, is probably the, the, going to be, the, you know, it, it's, it's the cornerstone of Race to the Kingdom's ministry. It is also, you know, sort of, you know, extremely misunderstood, extremely misrepresented or underrepresented within the traditional version of theology and teaching. Um, and so, guys, this is one that you're just going to go. Uh, there's, you know, there's there's versions of this that that we just don't agree with. Or I've never been taught that. I'm with you. I've never been taught that, right? Um, and over time, over you know the whatever the duration of this video cast podcast series becomes, we're going to dive deep into. You know the contradictions of of um, you know they teach this, but they also teach this, and those two things contradict themselves in the word. And to prove out what we're talking about, that we're not just coming up with something to make something fit. There's some other things you can do, and not to not to say, hey, you know, we've got this. You know, we're just because somebody else is doing something that that you know we're right too, but. You know, Chuck Missler spent a lot of time on on the kingdom, and that there was something missing in uh, in modern theology. Um, there's a, a an amazing book by a gentleman named Frank Viola uh, called The Insurgents that speaks to what's missing in modern theology as well. Um, and not to say all theology, not to say all all pastors, all preachers, all priests are missing this, but in general, this is a really big hole in our game as Christians that we're that we're all trying to fill. And so, you know, we want you as we go through this with us and over multiple, you know, our, our future episodes as well. We want you to, you know, go out and, and start going. Well, maybe are these guys right or these guys wrong? And and doing this, you know, digging into this yourselves as well. There's a lot of growth in this for. Or has been for me. Keith brought this to this concept to me almost a year ago, and I've spent a lot of time wondering, praying about, and researching to see, you know, is he right? Is Keith just, you know, bringing something to me and offering me as I as I grow actively grow as a Christian an opportunity to, you know, be a false prophet or a you know a false direction, and. Um, you know, I'm sitting here today because, you know, I've proven to myself and, you know, through research and through, you know, prayer and, and listening to the Holy Spirit that, that, that he's not, that we're not. Um, so I just want to recognize out that this is going to be hard to swallow. Um, and stick with us. We're going to prove it out. We're going to try to do it in a way that, that is uh, hopefully fun and, you know, one of my abilities is to do analogies and, and try to break some stuff down into simplistic stuff. I don't always get them right. Keith will call me when I don't, but, but that's, you know, that's really, it's a big deal. This is a big, big deal. Um, right. Yeah. One, of, one of the things that I want to do as, as we're, we're talking about, we're going to, you know, show you this, we're going to prove it to you. We're going to give you the evidence of this. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and part of a podcast is just sharing our thoughts about what we have read, what God has revealed to us, and mm -hmm. then relating, making it relatable, maybe through analogies. Mm -hmm. But my strength in what I really love to do is show you um, the Word of God. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, with the Zoom background, um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> 
I so. do want to just take our analogy real quick, mm -hmm. and I want to go to the book of Romans, and mm -hmm. I want to be able to just show you generally, at least, what, yeah, what so we're talking about. So when you go to when you go to the book of Romans and and you look at the Apostle Paul um, making and a staircase argument. Yep. So, what chapter? So we're gonna kind of go through starting with chapter five and okay. five, six, seven, and eight are really the the Roman road or the Roman staircase of this courtroom. Mm -hmm. And and Paul is laying out the argument about what Christ has done for us and the benefit of what he has done. And so we look at um, chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse uh, 9, and it says, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more, shall we be saved? So I just want to stop there. Right, shall is future yeah, tense. Uh -huh. this, we have a future tense, shall we be saved, and we mm -hmm. have a, a past tense, we have been justified. Okay, so again, we have an understanding, and the, the middle part that Paul always uses is the term much more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's his connector. More. Yeah, yeah, this is his connector, and he goes on and says, "For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more, now that we've been reconciled, shall we be saved by His life?" Okay, and then we go into, you know, that's the ball game that 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 Christ, uh, you know, was our pinch hitter. He justified us. He, he hit the home mm -hmm. run. He gave us the opportunity by faith to accept that. And when we did, we were adopted onto the team. Okay, And now he has placed us in a race. And now Paul is dealing with that in, verse, in, in chapter 6. And so in chapter 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Okay. Okay, and so he says, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Okay, we are to walk in newness of life. And so do not present your members as sin as to instruments of unrighteousness. Present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. And so now we have a present tense um, opportunity in our ball game to participate in this race of sanctification that Paul is saying. The grace you've been given is not permission to sin like you were doing in your old lives. No, you've been born into a new family. You're a new creation. You're part of Team Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you need to remain on Team Jesus, and you need to race in him with the grace that he has given you. And so I'm going to show you that as he goes into chapter 7, and he goes, Oh my gosh, what am I to do? Because this is a formidable race. This is a hard battle. This is tough. Okay? I've got the flesh that keeps wanting me to lose this race, okay? And I've got the spirit, though, that wants me to win this race and can lead me into victory, okay? And that's chapter 7. Yeah, verse, in, yeah, that's that's the whole chapter, right? Yeah. That's the whole chapter. I just right. summarized the whole chapter. Right, gotcha. Got seven. Okay. And, um... And so he goes into chapter 8, and he goes, he goes, let me tell you, team, we do have the victory, but, but, you need to put on Christ, and you need to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So I'm going to read, I'm going to start reading in chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 5, it says, um, 
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on things of the Spirit. Okay, and, and you got to understand who Paul's talking to. Talking to the team. team yeah, team. he's not talking to unconverted, right? Already yes. on the team, right? They've already right. accepted Christ. He's not talking to Joe yeah. Citizen that doesn't know anything about yeah. this. Yeah. And they're they're already reborn into the family. They've already been given the power of the gift of the Spirit of God. That's was the grace gift, mm-hmm. so that we could finish this race and we could, um, you know, have the victory. And so he goes on to say. He goes on to say, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. There we have death again. Right. Separation, if you substitute, sep- right? Yeah, so let me let me show you the same promise that was in the garden is the same promise today in mm-hmm. Christ. The two trees exist. Christ is the tree of life, mm-hmm. and the tree of death, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is to go back to our old lives that Satan was the ruler and and he was the ruler of that domain okay so so we still have that choice every day we wake up what what race we're going to run and so it says to set the mind on the things of the flesh is death to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And we're going to expand on this in just okay. a minute. So, one of the things that I just want to uh, point out about pleasing God is this same theme runs throughout the instructions to the church. Mm-hmm. So, even in First Corinthians you know, chapter 10, Paul's using this as an example for the race, that we're all racing for the incorruptible crown, and he says that, you know, the Israelites that were racing in Moses, trying to achieve the promised land, um, did not please God. And then he points out that these are examples that are to be used for us, the church. So again, this underlying current of what it means to please God is also what it means to receive the promises from God. Okay, So these promises that we're racing towards is because we have pleased Him. Yet He is able to give the inheritance to His children that are well-pleasing to Him. Mm-hmm. And so, just like in the Old Testament, the um, you could be disinherited because you fell out of favor with the Father. It's the same with our Heavenly Father. Okay, so again, I want to show that this is consistent. This is a consistent theme throughout the scriptures to the church as motivation. It's motivation for us. So, um, as I keep reading in chapter 8 of Romans, Paul is, I'm going to skip on down to verse 12, and I really want to read all the way to verse um, 18, because it's going to show us the conditional application of inheritance, of being called a son of God, and then also of receiving future glorification, which is the term for future salvation that we will show you is completely connected to salvation. Just what, just what we read in Romans 5 when we talked about we have been justified and that we are going on to future salvation. This is what this means and so I'm going to start in verse 12 it says so then brothers only those who are on the team are called brothers Mm -hmm. 
We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So do you see the same correlation here as in the garden? Hey guys, my, right. my, my beloved Adam and Eve, if you eat of this tree, you will die. Mm -hmm. Okay, same, same exact promise here to God's people. Okay, it's you, you, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die, which means you will be separated or cut off. Mm -hmm. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All right, so we have a conditional application. We have to do something. Mm -hmm. This is our game to play now. We have to use what Christ has given us in order to win this game. Okay, and then I'm going to go into verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So remember, this is, this is conditional to be called a son. To be that heir of being called a son in this adoption, Paul just got through telling us, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Be separated from that. But if you live according to the Spirit, you will live. In other words, you will receive the inheritance of a son. Mm -hmm. Okay, so context is everything. Got to know the context of what is being written here and the context of this pertains to the context of the Old Testament because these Old Testament examples are brought back as we are fulfilling all things in Christ. All things that have been written we are fulfilling in Christ. Okay, so we have received the spirit of adoption as sons who we cry out the Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it goes back to the word children. Techna, mm -hmm. instead of huos, which is sons. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, here's a conditional statement, mm -hmm. we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So again, now it's getting into this promise of glorification if we do something. So if we suffer with Christ in this race, okay, so he ran his race, and what did he do? He suffered. He suffered in his race. He even said, Father, I don't want to finish this race. Can you take this cup from me? But not my will, your will be done and so he finished his race right and yeah it's like you know if you yeah lord i you know i don't want to do this but if you want me to i will but yeah. if if you choose to say i don't have to finish this then i'm happy not to finish this <laughs> right yeah. i mean that's that's a, a paraphrase but uh but that's really that whole concept of not your will but but not my will but yours yeah. so yeah given the opportunity you know Christ would have stayed with his friends and not be crucified um, which is something that we'd all choose I think right um, but you know because you know you could tell he you know his love of his disciples was a was a, a you know he was he was he was a he was a loyal friend of a loyal father, a loyal brother, right, to his disciples. And so, do we? Can I can I get out of this? If if you're okay with it, I'll stay with these guys. But if you're not, I get it, and we're we're moving on, right? Yes. 
Yeah. And I want to I want to back this up again with another witness. Mm -hmm. And so I want us to uh, go to the book of First Peter. So let's 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 leave the Apostle Paul because what we're going to notice is that a lot of these references to the church, mm -hmm. to the Gentile church, were Paul's. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Apostle Paul was the Gentile was the apostle to the Gentiles, mm -hmm. and um, but this same theme is followed from all the apostles. Okay, mm -hmm. and I want to go to Peter now mm -hmm. to be a second witness to this. Okay. Because again, Peter tells the story as well, and 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 you can discern that through uh, just right off the bat in First Peter. So First okay. Peter chapter one, I'm going to start reading from uh, verse three, and we're going to go to verse nine, and you're going to see the same theme as as I read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. Okay, so you got to remember that this salvation ready to be revealed is what is available in heaven because of Christ. Mm -hmm. He is, is the one who has secured this inheritance. Now, we're all racing for that inheritance. Okay. Yeah, so there's, yeah, so that yeah. so this sentence, or I guess it, yeah, it is one big sentence, um, is both, contains both past tense and future tense references, right? It does, and, mm -hmm. and that's what I want you to notice as we go through it. Yeah. I also want you to notice that we just got through talking in Romans 8, and if we were to continue in, in, in Romans 8, okay, it says that all of creation is groaning as in childbirth for the revealing of the sons of God so look at what look at what um, Peter is saying he's saying that this inheritance that is kept in heaven for us by God's power being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed okay in the last time now listen let me go on in this mm -hmm. you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith which is what the race is mm -hmm. the race is the tested genuineness of our faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is a condition. This is a conditional um, understanding. He's hoping that the tested genuineness of our faith will, will be found genuine at the end, and it will be glorious and honorable. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, ready, the salvation of your soul. So this race, the outcome of this race, really truly is the salvation of our soul. Mm -hmm. So the soul and the spirit and the body are three things that were that were told in first Thessalonians chapter 5 may your whole spirit soul and body be be kept blameless until the coming of Jesus Christ and so even in the parable of the talents which we will get into we realize that the servant 
who was slothful and wicked, he was actually called by his master slothful and, and wicked and found unfaithful. His the testing of his faith was not genuine. It it it, it did not it was not gold. It actually um, showed itself to be unfaithful. And so this particular servant then received the repercussions of that. And so what did his soul receive? His soul received a weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was completely torn up and upset. His soul was bereaved at the evaluation at the end of his life when the master returned. And so this is a story written for us, the church, so that we again will receive the salvation of our souls. We will receive the deliverance into the inheritance that God has set before us. For so, the joy set before you. Yep. So again, we, we kind of go back into this this tense thing, you know, past tense, present tense, future tense. And is it fair to say that um, that what most of us are being taught as Christians misses the future tense part of 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 the Bible? Yeah, misses the future tense uh, portion of salvation, mm-hmm. and 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 again, we're going to use that term over and over again because the Bible does, and this is what has been confusing to the body of Christ for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, because of that confusion, they have always equated salvation to justification. Mm-hmm. So scholars have claimed different positions on these passages and they have claimed either the side that you're going to be able to lose your justification and go to hell or you will um, you know be declared either at the end and you don't know what the ultimate um, uh, destination of your soul will be mm-hmm. you know that that you know what you can either lose your salvation or you know what you can't lose your salvation and this is written to someone else this is really not oh, written to the church. it's not just yeah this we can yeah yeah and so they, they do all kinds of acrobatics in theology to try to explain the paradox yeah we in passages we can't understand it so therefore there's yeah. something else there that that uh, they were talking to somebody else, and it just happened to be something that was written in there that doesn't really apply That's to. Right. Yeah, it's it's I yeah. I get yeah. So so the I think you're you know, and I and I hope you're to me it feels like, but you know, I'm I'm really close to this subject, but we're setting up a good case of this present tense being saved and future tense glorified or the result of being saved right Paul talks about it a lot you know he's Paul is constantly afraid of not living up to being saved right the process of being saved and we're going to spend you know quite a bit of time on on that going forward you know what it means to 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 be to to be in the process of really I think you've done a, a, a nice job and guys there's a lot more to this that we're, we're gonna get into in, in, in future episodes and stuff but we just can't make this episode I can't tell you how many hours that Keith and I have spent on this and and really it's been Keith teaching me and helping kind of pull out the the old the traditional teaching out of me because this is different and it's and it's like you know, whether you've been taught, you know, sort of, you know, Catholic base that works are the the method by which you get to heaven, or fear, or you know, in some version or another, you know, or that there's free, you know, the, I think what uh, 
um, Frank Weil calls the libertine method, which is it, it just you know Christ died for us, and and we don't have to really do anything else except believe in Him and pray to Him occasionally, uh, and we we really you know when we sin we're just forgiven because it's just built in, right? So to pull all of that out of me has taken a really long time, and. I can sum it up for at least my version of, of what I've learned over this time as you know, we didn't get a we didn't get a get into heaven free card and we didn't get a get out of hell free card either, right? We got a gray area version of both, but there's more to it, and that's what race to the kingdom's about, right, Keith? I would agree for sure. It's, uh, you know, very much like the idea of the, the ball games that we mentioned at the beginning. So Jesus, our pinch hitter, has won the justification for us. We are on the team. Mm -hmm. That ball game's complete. You know, I, I've been a coach for 35 years, uh, talking to my team every year. I bring my team in congratulate them for just being on the team okay well done you know you are part of an elite team and now but our work begins now okay and so that work is the rest of the season and here's the goal and you show them what the goal is at the end that you want to achieve and so and you remind them that it's going to take a lot of hard work, okay, a lot of participation, a lot of loyalty, and they're going to have to, you know, apply that all season so that we can achieve this goal at the end of the season. And that's interesting because you actually, and you just struck us on something for me that, that hadn't actually, in all the time we've been doing this together, hadn't actually occurred to me, and that... You know, as we talked about the race, I viewed it as like an event. And then earlier today, when you talked about baseball, I I thought of it as a single game. But really, this is a season, yeah. right? And and That's we right. use baseball, but I'm a hockey guy. But when you look at a season of effort, you know, there's there's a lot of sacrifice there's a lot of work that goes in throughout an entire season of games to get to using our baseball analogy the world series yeah. and to win the world series right those guys are, are just didn't start the series the season all ready to go they worked throughout the season they overcame injuries they overcame hardships they they brought in new players to, you know, at the trade deadline to enhance the team to make up for what some of the other team members lacked to, you know, to strengthen the weaker parts of the team, right? And right. in our world, that is you bring, you know, me finding you or you finding me and 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 making me stronger because sharp of our relationship, steel. right? Yeah, sharp steel sharpens steel, right? right? And and so. That's a that's actually really perfect. I mean, it's really beautiful, actually. And I hadn't ever. Every time we talked about, you know, a, you know, we talked about the race. Um, it always seemed singular to me. Um, and and we talked about the game again. We talked about the game today. It seemed a game today. One event, not a lifetime of effort or a season of effort. That's it's. it's right. That's really actually very poignant. Um, I hope that helps others as much as it just helped me. Um, so, so there's a reward at the end, right? So there's the, you know, they've got the the champagne celebration and the presentation of uh, the World Series trophy with all the banners on it, right? All the little, I don't remember. There's a name for it. I don't, I don't follow baseball <laughs> as much as I used to. So I apologize to all you baseball guys that are going, you're an idiot. You don't know what the name of the trophy is, but uh, but it's not the Bud Selig trophy though. <laughs> I know that. So let's talk about just a little bit, and we're going to finish up about the rewards of of winning the race. Of, of what is at the end of our season, um, 
and how does that and, and what biblically ties us into that well again I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from Paul in first um, Corinthians chapter 9 and we are going to um, segue that into Matthew 25 in what Jesus said but in first Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 where Paul talks about the race he says do you not know that in a race all runners run but only one receives the prize so run that you may obtain it every athlete exercises self-control in all things they do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly I do not box as one who beats the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified so and then he goes into the example of those in Moses leaving Egypt and trying to make it to the promised land so again we have a race that we've been put into and there is a chance to be disqualified in the race from receiving the prize at the end of the season and so when we look at Jesus saying to his disciples in Matthew 24 and he says and this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed to all nations and then the end will come this gospel of the kingdom is what's been missing from the understanding of salvation and so in Matthew 25 he explains what the kingdom is like and he uses three parables or stories that truly identify what we're racing for okay how to race for it and what the consequences of not racing well would mean so the short answer to the title of the podcast Keith is is it can we lose the race the race for this offer of glorification absolutely yeah, yeah there's something there that is that there's worth that it's worth running for there's something there there's something at the end of this season if we want to call go back to our baseball analogy there's something at the end of this season that is truly worth working throughout our season throughout our lives right so if our life yeah. is a season there's something worth working for in that uh, in, in our lives that is something more than than what we're being told we're being asked something but if you haven't really dug into this if you've just relied on sitting in you know in a in the church on Sunday for the pastor to tell you what you need to do you probably aren't aware that that all of this is out there and that's that's why we're here that's why uh, we hope you'll come back next week uh, or next episode and um, and join us as we as we break this down and explore this and and eventually get into you know hopefully how to do it too so Guys, if, uh, if you've enjoyed what we've done, we do hope that you'll hit subscribe and, and give us a good review. All it does, it doesn't do anything for us financially. Uh, it just hope, hopefully helps other people find this. If you found this podcast or videocast by email or by uh, or word of mouth to a friend and you enjoyed it, please share it uh, with others. Uh, again, we're not, we're neither of us, so there's no financial in, interest in this. Uh, and neither Keith nor I have the uh, financial resources to try to promote this. This is all going to be grown by word of mouth that you believe what, uh, what we're talking about, or that, and the Holy Spirit's called you to share this with somebody else. So.